Welcome, everyone, to the Friday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, as always, Tyler Crawley, and it's the best edition of the program because it's Friday, which means we got a weekend coming up. Well, it's kind of weird because in real estate, you know, a lot of people work on the weekends, so maybe Fridays should not be celebrated here on Markets and Mortgages. Eh, might as well. All right, we don't have a ton to get to. I mean, we, I guess we could do a lot more, but the two big stories from Thursday were retail sales and mortgage rates. And let's start, let's start with the better news first, because mortgage rates are not going to be the most fun topic. So let's, t- let's start with retail sales. Now, the projections were for uh, unchanged monthly, flat. So we were supposed to see no change in um, August compared to what happened in July. And then, of course, we got that horrible report earlier this week, this inflation report. So you got to assume that there was some expectation this report would probably underperform. But in reality, it was actually a, a pretty good report, in, in all honesty. Uh, retail sales were positive in August. This is according to, of course, data from the Census Bureau actually beating expectations, which I guess you could argue gave the administration a somewhat win after the disastrous inflation report that we had earlier this week. So month over month, the advanced estimate for U.S. retail and food services were up 0.3% to a seasonally adjusted $683 billion. Now, that is actually up 9.1% when you compare it to the sales back in August of 2021. So as I mentioned, that was higher than what economists had expected. They were expecting sales to be flat. And it should be noted that there was a revision for July. Uh, It was revised downward to $681.3 billion. So if you were to use the unrevised data, it's 0.07%. So it still was higher. It's not like it was exactly the same. So you could say, okay, well, maybe the argument that sales were going to be flat if you were basing it off of the previous number from July, because it was sort of a big revision. I mean, you know, 0.2% when you're only projecting a 0.3% increase month over month, you could see how those would be close enough that it could be statistically insignificant, uh, but we did see almost 0.1%, which I guess, you know, these numbers aren't big, but it is at least showing positive movement. And why that matters is because inflation was up 0.1%. And remember, these numbers are not adjusted for inflation. So for a long time, these numbers have not been keeping pace with inflation. For the last two months, they actually have. We'll get to that in a second. But one of the main drivers of this increase in retail spending, or at least in the other categories, is the drop in gasoline prices. So gas prices, of course, shot up. I don't know when they reached peak. I guess probably before the summer, right around summer, somewhere around that time. And they they hit, I mean, they were over $5, $6, $7 a gallon if you're in California. And so they've they've been falling ever since for a record 60 some days in a row, 70 days in a row, they have been falling. And so that 
drop in gasoline prices, which, you know, we've, we talked about that with the inflation report. I think it was, what, 10% drop month over month. So a big drop. That is allowing people to spend that money elsewhere. And so while gasoline stations, it was such a weird gasoline, gas stations. I don't know, gasoline stations sounds weird, doesn't it? It's gas stations. Gas station spending fell 4.2% month over month which then allowed that money to be moved. Because remember, money is fungible. It can be moved all over the place. And so motor vehicle and parts dealers took advantage of that additional money in people's pocketbooks. Uh, they saw a 2.8% gain in August, followed by miscellaneous retailers were up 1.6%. And then restaurants and home improvement stores we're up 1.1%. However, year over year, gas stations, and it's funny because here are my, my article on the website, marketsandmortgages.com. I put gasoline stations. <laughs> it, just, it looks so weird. It's gas stations. Um, they're still up almost 30% year over year, 29.3% to be exact. Miscellaneous retailers are up 15.3% year over year. Online retail online retailers. There we go. We're up 11% and restaurants almost up 11% at 10.9%. And as I mentioned, the last two months, the retail numbers have actually bested inflation. It's been a while since we've been able to say that because if you remember last month, the numbers were up a little bit, but inflation was flat that month. And then this month, we were hoping for a little bit of a decline, but we actually had a slight increase, 0.1%. So spending being up 0.3%, you are actually doing better inflation. And as I said, it's it, I think it's the first time this year that we have been able to say that. Now, we, we've been able to say it for two months in a row. So the analysis, as we all know, we got the Fed meeting next week. So any economic data is going to be analyzed through the lens of how is this going to impact the Fed decision, not only next week, but going forward. And Jenna Smeliak, I think I'm saying that right, she is over at the New York Times. She tweeted, quote, this morning's retail sales data were a bit of a Rorschach test, exceeded expectations, but the control group was weak. It seemed like the upshot, especially combined with sunny jobless claims, oh, by the way, the jobless claims, fell again. It's like the fourth week in a row they've been projecting that the numbers were going to rise. I mean, they're, I think they're, they were at 212,000. I mean, the, the, could they fall under 200,000? Initial jobless claims. I mean, it's just, it's the labor market. People are going to look back on this time in history and just be astonished because, you know, we're having anemic growth in the economy. We got retail spending for the most part, not not seeing big gains month over month. We obviously have inflation running rampant. We got rising interest rates. I mean, all these things that should be loosening the labor market. And we keep getting good jobs reports, jolt reports, and jobless claim reports. <laughs> it's, it's the weirdest thing. So um, she goes on to say that combined with the, with the sunny jobless claims report, is that while the economy is moderating, it is hardly falling off a cliff. Given inflation, that raises a big question. Will the Fed see a gradual downdrift as sufficient? 
Like, what's going to be that catalyst for the Fed to say, okay, now we can start easing off? Because Powell's been very clear. They are full steam ahead. In fact, one of the big questions, could we see a full point increase, 100 basis points? If you know an indication that's going to happen, but that just shows you how serious the Fed is and also how bad that inflation report is. So basically, retail spending was better than expected. But unless incomes start keeping pace with the prices, this isn't destined to last. And that's, you know, we really don't want to end up in a situation where you got to raise wages and then prices move up and you find yourself in that dreaded, horrible death spiral of price wage spiral where you're just raising each to combat the other. So you got to raise wages to pay for things, but because you raise wages, you got to raise prices to pay for those wages, but now prices have gone back up. So you got to raise wages back and forth. And once that becomes entrenched, oof, man, you've got yourself a problem. Now, now we have a, a, a big problem with the overall economy. All right. So that was the somewhat sunny news of the day. Unfortunately, it gets worse from there because we got our weekly survey from Freddie Mac. They do their weekly survey telling you kind of where the average mortgage rate is. So this, you know, as as I say all the time here on the on the program, mortgage rates fluctuate during the day. <laughs> you can have prices fluctuate throughout the day. So anytime we're talking about rates here, I mean, it's it's it has changed from when you are hearing me talk about this. They fluctuate and once again, these are the rates from Freddie Mac. These are not the rates that I am quoting you as, okay? I just want to make that very clear here. So Freddie Mac reports for the week ending September the 15th, it has happened. The dreaded six handle is upon us. We thought we were going to see it back in June. And then remember rates started falling and falling and then they shot right back up so fast that we are now over that 6% mark for the first time since late 2008. So Freddie Mac has the 30-year fix up 13 basis points week over week to 6.02%. That is 316 basis points higher than one year ago. And we have not seen a rate that high since late 2008. I mean, that is just, it's double. The, I mean, just, you know, we went from three to six. Mortgage rates have doubled in a year. Now, the 15-year was up five bips to 5.21%, and the 5-1 arm saw a big 29 basis. I mean, the 5-1 arm is now seven basis points away from 5%. I mean, that just, you know, we talked about this yesterday. All, all these people who are like, oh, I'm going to wait. And it's like, what are you waiting? I, I don't understand. Like, what is giving you any indication that mortgage rates are going to be falling anytime soon? Like, I, I would love to know. I mean, unless we hit like a horrible economic downturn. I mean, we were just talking about Jerome Powell. He's made it very clear. We are moving the federal funds rates up, which of course doesn't directly impact mortgage rates, but it does indirectly impact it. And it gives you an idea of what is happening overall with the economy. But here's the real problem. This goes back to what we talked about on 
Thursday's show with Connor sent over at Bloomberg, who's like, listen, you should be buying a house right now. And one of the reasons why is that there's not a lot of competition out there. So we also talked about it. You know, this whole idea of inventory Armageddon, all of this inventory hitting the market has been debunked pretty strongly by just straight up data. I don't care who you're looking at, you know, Altos, Redfin. I mean, I don't care. And Realtor.com. I don't care where you're looking. They are telling you that, sure, we saw a big spike in inventory for a while, but it's slowed and in some cases pulled back. And so what we are seeing is, sure, for a while there, all of a sudden you had supply trying to catch up the demand and demand falling because of affordability issues. And those affordability issues mean that you can get houses out there for cheaper than if there were more people bidding on it, right? I mean, that's what causes prices to go up, bidding wars more people can afford the home. And we're having affordability issues right now. So Yahoo Finance reports that it now takes 35.51% of the median household income to make a principal and interest payment on a median home with 20% down. This is the highest price to income ratio since October of 1985 when it took 36%, just over 36.01% of household income to make that payment. So there are not a lot of, there's not a lot of demand out there. And talk to anyone in real estate. I don't care if they're a realtor. I don't care if they're in the mortgage business. They will tell you that demand has slowed. But we're not seeing that huge inventory explosion. It looked like it was coming and then it just stopped. And so now we're in this kind of weird place where, sure, you are seeing price cuts and price prices fall in some places, but there's going to be a limit to that because demand has fallen. Supply has kind of stopped increasing. And so we're in this kind of weird balancing situation. And so that's why Connor Sen saying it's a good time to buy right now. And be, I mean, here's a good example already. So on August 18th, remember we, we saw rates, you know, we're going up in June. We thought, oh man, they're going to hit 6%. And then they fell and they fell for a couple of weeks, reaching a low on August 13th. Rates fell to, according to Freddie Mac, 5.13%. So just four weeks later, rates were up almost a full point to now we're at 6.02%. So what does that mean? So a $400,000 house at a 5.13% interest rate, mortgage rate. Putting 10% down means you're looking at a payment and interest payment of $1,961. That same house, $400,000, same down payment with now a 6% interest rate, you're paying $2,163. So somebody in August, in the middle of August was like, you know what? I think we're going to have more inventory in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to wait. Well, they're now spending an extra $200 a month on their house because they waited. And oddly enough, that house might have actually gone up depending on which market they're in (laughs) because home prices in some places are not necessarily falling. Some places they are. You are seeing big drops. But in some places, it all depends what's happening with inventory. And it's just not exploding like everyone thought. Sam Cater Freddie Mac's chief economist said that rising rates normally would put downward pressure on prices, 
But inventory <laughs> continues to be an issue. I mean, I'll tell you something. I've never seen a theory debunked so quickly. Like, I mean, for, I mean, I was watching all these people on, on YouTube. I was reading these articles, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. And man, they were just calling for inventory Armageddon. Oh, there's going to be so many homes available. Home prices were going to crash. 2008 all over again. And I mean, God, they were disproven so quickly. It was, I've never seen karma hit that quick. Usually like conspiracy theories take years to, I mean, these things, this was debunked in months. It was just, it was, it was crazy. And until inflation gets under control, and we talked about this, until inflation gets under control, rates are going to go higher than people thought, and they're going to stay longer than people thought. Now, what does that mean? I, I don't have specifics. I don't know. No one knows. Anyone that tells you they know is lying to you, okay? We do not know where rates are going. I mean, sure, could all of a sudden something happen next week and rates plummet, and then people that waited are going to look like geniuses? Sure. I don't think a lot of people would agree with that, but it could happen. But anyone who was thinking that in August when rates were at 5% and they're like, no, no, I think they're going to get back into the fours. And so I'm going to wait. And we're going to have more inventory. Rates are going to be lower and there's going to be more inventory. I mean, those, th that was a horrible decision. If you made that decision in August, you made a bad decision because no inventory levels have actually fallen since then. Rates are now almost a full point higher. So do not try and time the market. Nobody can do it. Definitely not you and I. Okay? We can't do it. Don't try and time the market. All right. One thing I am going to time is this podcast. And it is now time to go. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you back here Monday morning for another edition of Markets. My voice, my voice feels a little rough. Can you pick that up? talking too much i'm trying to make the podcast shorter because you can hear my voice kind of going it's not good <laughs> it's like back to my radio days i'm losing my voice again all right you guys enjoy your weekend we'll see you monday morning and remember as always do not wait to buy real estate you buy real estate and wait <laughs>